Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. First episode, pilot episode of the Sunday Scaries podcast presented by the Far End of the Bench podcast as well as the Variety Sports YouTube and uh, podcasting network. I, it is currently on the Far End of the Bench channel, so if this is your first time here, welcome. I appreciate you tuning in. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun in today's episode, but make sure you hit the subscribe button before we get into everything that we're going to be talking about today. I mentioned on our show on Tuesday, excuse me, Thursday, that you guys could hear uh, with Nico, my normal co-host and myself, by the way, Jimmy Pilato, uh, one half of the Far End of the Bench podcasting team. And um, uh, this is, I'm a little nervous, if you can't tell, I, I'm not necessarily used to being on my own recently uh, about three and a half years ago nico and i excuse me started the far end of the bench podcast together uh, we've been going pretty strong with that we've joined networks we've come back and uh, now we're currently on the variety sports network so big shout out to them remember at feotv pod you can see it in my little description uh, for the far end of the bench and then at variety underscore sports underscore you get a ton of extra sports content all made by the fans for the fans when you uh, subscribe and follow them on any podcasting platform or right here on YouTube. Uh, okay. Hopefully you guys are intrigued is, is how I'll put it. Um, this is kind of my, this is my brainchild. So I am going into my second year of teaching. Uh, we're going back to the classroom. We were back last week. Students will come back on Tuesday. Um, this was my first summer as a teacher. I got to kind of enjoy things. If you've been listening to the show, we've added a few more elements to the actual just far end of the bench uh, podcast that you guys can listen to. But I was thinking, you know, I listen to teacher podcasts. I'm sure that there are other people in the profession who do the same. You might not even be a teacher, but maybe you worked in education. You thought you wanted to be in education. You want to see what the people who are teaching your kids in school might think. Uh, but teacher podcasts, you know, it makes sense. We we get to go through a lot and, you know, you wear a ton of hats within the classroom. You get to meet a ton of personalities, depending on the age level, a ton of different beings, it almost feels like sometimes. Uh, I currently teach middle school, uh, seventh grade social studies at Castle Rock Middle School down here in uh, the southern portion of Colorado. So um, if you're tuning in and you have a student of that that's at the school, welcome. Um, I'm looking forward to everything. I feel way, way, way different and I feel way better about where things stand currently. Um, but no, this is going to be a just a little bit of a fun time i'm only thinking about making these episodes 45 minutes so it's not going to be super long uh, i got the rundown of what we're going to be talking about on the show first off the purpose of the show i want to provide some weekly content updates because i feel like nico and i um we've been busy and we communicate back and forth but we don't always necessarily are able to get that out to all the bench warmers so we'll, we'll be doing a better job about that on this show nico could pop in as a guest and might have some other guests on um, throughout, you know, from the variety sports universe, from my own universe, maybe from a teaching universe that this show gets shared to, um, and everything like that. With that, another big thing, if you do enjoy the show, please like the video, leave a comment, subscribe, as I've mentioned, um, leave a five-star rating and a review if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or any of the other listening platforms, but sharing and telling your friends that, hey, if you want a place to kind of go relax 
uh, reset for the week. That's kind of what I'm going to be using this for because, you know, there are some times that it's stressful that March from spring break on to the end of the year where there's pretty much nothing like they created days in April here in Colorado to give us off um, for for that time of the year. So if you need a place, this should be that place. I'm hoping to make it that way. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll continue giving some updates and, and keeping everything on track that way. Rundown for the week. Just did the welcome. I'm sorry, guys. I, I'm going to seem very much like your teacher. Hopefully you enjoyed school, but that's just kind of how my my brain and, and everything works at the moment. Um, I did my welcome. So told you guys what the show is going to be about. I want to kind of talk about my journey into what's been how I got here. Basically, um, I did not start off. I didn't get a teaching degree. I I'm getting my license currently still in the process of doing that. It's a two year process for those who have never student taught here in Colorado. Um, but I, I kind of went about it in a roundabout way. And, and when I think back about it and in my classes um, to get my license, it, it kind of dawned on me. There's been signs that pointed to this for a long time. I've been told by people now currently in my life. Some people are, are very surprised because I was so adamant. Obviously, I am still going to be trying to um, make it in this broadcasting and podcasting world. There, There is a selfish element to that. I want to get my face out there a little bit more. I used to have my own show before Nico and I started Center of Attention, uh, which was fun. But it, it definitely I'm very grateful that he came on as my co-host and we've been able to keep this thing going and, and built up the audience that we did. We appreciate everybody who listens each and every week. And uh, we do think you deserve a little bit more content that way. So we're, we're continuing along with that. But no, this was not my first um, dream to get into education. So told the story about far end of the bench. But when Nico and I first came up with the idea, we were seventh graders. Ironically enough, I was down. Uh, we just moved. We were teammates the year before. And uh, we didn't live near the team. We were kind of commuting about an hour back and forth to practices, um, which is a teacher now. If I'm sure that I have students that do that, it's an adjustment. We did it willingly because I knew that I wanted to be in this area on this team, uh, really like the coach that I was working with. And I thought it was going to be a better opportunity and our family thought it was going to be a better opportunity. Um, so we did decide to take that, take that move. The kids that do that have to deal with, you know, who is, what am I going to be doing at this new place? Am I going to have friends? How am I going to get my homework done? I'm in the car for a long period of time. Um, so we, we were kind of going back and forth. We moved down the following year. So in seventh grade, Nico and I kind of come up with the idea. Uh, he's going to be kind of into that management legal end of the business side. Still wanted to be in sports. I still wanted to be in sports. And if all things worked out the way that we wanted to, we both would have been professional athletes built up an audience that way, kind of merged together, power merger, um, mega powers Ask if for WWE fans. We are going to be talking a little bit of um, WWE and the, the current events. I watched SummerSlam last night. But he was going to be kind of the brains, the business end of things. I was going to school to become broadcaster. I wanted to either call games. I've been lucky enough to do that in – you know, for my local college, when I was working for the radio station, I did uh, some high school basketball up in Longmont. So I've, I've done my fair share, but 
Nico and I kind of thought we were going to meld our two processes together. I don't necessarily think he thought he was going to be a co-host at the time. I think he was probably just going to be the legal and business end of things, draw the people in. We wanted to have a sports management company, so we would be uh, bringing in our athletes to be represented by us, but then also they would be kind of built-in guests um, to push things forward. Came up with the idea. It was pretty solid. Uh Go through the next two years of youth football. I end up going to a different high school than Nico for the first year and a half, kind of split up. We come back, graduate, still really close, been friends for that entire time. I mean, he's one of the closest guys. His family, my family are, are close. He's one of the closest people that I have in my life. Uh, and it, I was trying to do the Center of Attention podcast, solo show by myself. He was, uh, it was a pandemic, so he was living on his own, uh, working, trying to find a job. And he had a lot of time on his hands. I put out into the ether. I was looking for a co-host. Um, and, and it just so happened that my graduation party was that week kind of got together in, in the garage where we were sitting there drinking a few beers and came up with this idea. We sat down about an hour it took us. So when you, you see the far end of the bench, um, we came up with the idea because we both felt like, well, we used to be athletes. Now we got to be on the bench. We're rec league athletes pretty much. And we still want to get our, give our opinions. So where are those opinions coming from? Hence the name. Um, and yeah, it's been going ever since we've had a few pretty big guests on uh, Birdman Anderson from the Nuggets and Heat NBA champion, Super Bowl champion, Luis Vasquez. We've had uh, Kendrick uh, Green on a uh, center offensive lineman for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Scott the Huff, who's a local radio guy out here, we've we've been slowly growing and we are continuing to do so. And hopefully that's what it, this show is going to continue to add. Um, about a year and a half into the show, I was working. I had gotten a job right out of college. <clears throat> Since I had a degree, I was told that I could possibly be bumped up to management fairly quickly at King Supers. They needed a produce clerk. They needed to get a new produce assistant manager. It was going to be $20 an hour. I was coming from college where I was an RA and working for the radio station. You only get paid once a month. I didn't really appreciate that. Ironically enough, I wanted to get a uh, more of a consistent paycheck and they said it was going to be $20 an hour. That was five to six more dollars than I was making at the time. So I, I took that opportunity, hated it, didn't like it. I don't eat produce, but I do know how to pick out pretty good produce sections. Now um, you got to take something from every experience. Uh, I just, working retail. I'd done it in high school. I was, I knew I was ready to not do it after college. I went and got my degree for a reason. It was not so that I could be a produce clerk at the King Supers in Highlands Ranch, Colorado for the rest of my life. Uh, happened that there was kind of an opening in the company my dad worked for. I then worked in the collections department, getting to make suspension calls. So I either turned off somebody's phone service who had not been paid um, or hadn't been counted paid because that company had some different difficulties to overcome, but <clears throat> worked there for about two ish years, pretty close to two years. Um, I think I passed my two year anniversary right after I was ready to leave to start last school year. Um, but I, it, it was a, a difficult experience getting up every morning. Um, I'm grateful that I did it, especially now with some of the situations that I, I have to deal with, with, um, uh, upset parents, other upset teachers, kind of being able to get yelled at and and not show any emotion and be able to respond rationally is a skill you pick up when you are 
and making calls and collections, but <clears throat> I had started working, coaching a youth football team. I still coach with that same team. Um, we're actually getting ready. We're going to have a scrimmage later on today uh, for the little guys that are starting off their season. So I was working with them and just all of the negativity that I had left over my football career ending in college, not having the best experience, not enjoying my time for the last few years. I was fairly bitter at that point, um, which it's a, a, a pretty good practice that I would recommend to people, but just going to going back to your roots, you know, think about what it is that you currently want to do. And I, at that time wanted to get re, re-involved in football. Um, how was I going to do that? Why did I con- why did I start playing football in the first place? All of those questions, the, the cliches, but it, it, it helped. And then going through practice, seeing these kids discover some of the same things inside of them, understanding that they're very smart, even though they're, they're young at the time, I think they were nine years old. They're going into fourth grade and they, they can handle quite a bit. They surprise me every single day. Um, I credit them with putting me back onto some sort of a path. You know, I, I didn't have a way out of the job that I was working. I was putting in a lot of time in the podcast. I was trying to get my name out there in in different media circles, but during the pandemic, it was nearly impossible. Things were starting to open up. The season was going to start. And the guy that I played for played against and played for when I was seven years old, happened to be the head coach and, and in need of an offensive line assistant coach at that point. Um, fit my skill set, showed up, fell in love with it. I knew that I had to do this all day. Um, you don't make money as a youth football coach. I didn't want to coach in high school. It's it's a lot of uh, – it's a commitment to coach youth football, high school football, especially depending on your staff and, and where I was. I, I didn't like where that staff was headed. Um, so at the end of my time with my last company, I had been hired on at a local high school here and to, in order to do that effectively for me, I was going to have to work similar hours to school. Most of the places here start school at seven 30 in the morning. I was working nine to five. They were going to be done with practice by the time I would get off of work. It, it wasn't going to be possible or feasible. So I started looking into around last January. How do you go about getting your teaching credentials when you, you know, I had a bachelor's degree. I did not have the education background, but I knew that's what I wanted to do. And, and I felt confident because of the coaching experience. Um, called around, got linked up in the right programs, got hired July, uh, early July, right after the Colorado Avalanche Parade. And I know that because I went directly from the parade to my interview and it's been the most rewarding the the thing that i am most happy about that i I was able to find was the ability to teach and um, be involved i i was i'm the oldest uh, in my family oldest child i have younger siblings i've had younger siblings forever i love it and it's it's just natural to me i love to explore i'm the social studies aspect i get to teach them how to explore how to be curious all of these random interests that i have and the way that i was able to grow my knowledge about them i get to share that with somebody and and hopefully make a difference um at the very least what i noticed 
unfortunately you never know what everybody's going through. So I like to just be the, the one positive interaction that a student may have in the day. Maybe they don't get attention at home. Maybe it's not the attention that they would like. Maybe there's other stress that's going on inside of the house, but my classroom can be a safe place and I can have kids that want to be in the room and want to be around and, and I take interest in what they're interested in. Um, whether I, I really care about it or not, because if they care, care enough to share with me, I feel like that's a pretty impactful event. So I've totally gone mushy and I, um, I, I guess what I'd say is I'm, I'm grateful for the ability to do what I do on a daily basis. And, and that I have a, a place where I get to continue to teach and continue to grow. Um, and it's just kind of taken me in different leaps and bounds. I feel like I've matured. I feel like I've become more patient. I've gotten over a lot of things that used to bug me and uh, I feel like I'm in such a better place. So that's my story. That's how I, in a roundabout way, became your favorite middle school social studies teacher. Um, right now, it's just trying to, you know, transitions will come. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you right now. My transitions will get better. They're not great right now. I apologize, um, but hopefully we're having a good time. That was presented by the Far End of the Bench podcast. Every Thursday, myself and Nico Bryant get together. We talk about the latest things happening in sports, Denver, Colorado, mainly because that's where we're based out of. We're big Avalanche fans. We love the Broncos. Nico does. I love the Bengals. Um, but we talk all sports, MMA, WWE, anything that's going on. Every Thursday, you can follow us at FEO2BPod. Subscribe to the YouTube channel that you're watching on currently. Uh, we do random live episodes, and we have big guests occasionally. We're trying to get more and more on um, as we get further on into the year. Have our pick'em coming up. We've had trivia going on, so be sure to check out the Far End of the Bench every Thursday, wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, remember to follow at FEOTBPod. Okay, it's it is time. I was putting out warnings. Uh, this is going to sound a little harsh, I'm sure. I put out a tweet yesterday, so that's why why you should follow us. It's time for the hot takes and the hot hottest take in sports right now with everything that happened at the end of last week is NCAA football realignment. I have it scrolling across the bottom. Let's just it's easiest to read off because this is unprecedented. I'll explain the situation currently and um, what I believe is going on, what I think is right, what I don't think is right about it. But the NCAA for a long time, it's been a regionally based, basically feeder league for the NFL. Uh, for a while, they did not have national championship games. They would go based on the best record, uh, toughest schedule, those kinds of things. Eventually, they moved into a system known as the BCS, which if you're my generation, that was our first taste of college football is the teams trying to be undefeated, qualify based on the computer algorithm for the national championship game and get that shot. So you only had two teams that were able to vie for a national championship, whether you had three undefeated teams, uh, three teams that might have deserved it. Then you move into what we've known for the last decade and a half, college football playoff. Um, I guess decade probably. We're coming up on the 10th, I believe. And that expanded things to four teams. So instead of having to be top two, you could be top four. Only issue with that is you have five major power five conferences with teams that have fan bases that want nothing more than to win national championships and only four spots. Plus, you know, with the way that things were set up pre NIL deal, uh, the way that schools attracted the biggest recruits, the way that, 
you know, Nick Saban ran college football at Alabama for those that time. The SEC is basically turned into the only conference that you can be in, Big Ten, with some few exceptions, if you want to truly compete for a national title. <clears throat> well, over the weekend, well, going back to before last season, we learned that the SEC was going to be gaining Oklahoma, University of Oklahoma, and Texas to play in their conference. The Big Ten then followed that up. The first domino to fall was, uh, excuse me, the Big 12 followed that up. The first domino to fall being CU moving over to the Big Ten, Big 12. <clears throat> and now, just going based off of everything that we have, Big Ten is going to be gaining Oregon, USC, UCLA, Washington in the 2024 season. So not this upcoming fall, but the following. Big 12 is gaining BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, UCF, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah. That will be all taking place in the 2024 season. In total, the Pac-12 basically becomes the whipping boy, has been the subject of ire for traditional college football fans or people who might not necessarily understand what we're looking at. They lose a total of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight schools. They have the worst TV rights deal in America currently, and we're on the verge. We're talking very seriously about this conference, at least in football. Who knows what the other sports are going to do? I believe this would be a total sports move because of the revenue deals and the, the media that's involved at the collegiate level. But we're talking about the Pac-12 possibly dying. We're, we're seeing all oh, these other conferences. We're going towards just a major super conference, and they're taking away their tradition. They're killing off what we know of college football and how we've always loved and how we've always chosen to digest. Make no mistake about it, Pac-12 has been dying for years. This show has been at the forefront, the, the far end of the bench. Excuse me, not Sunday Scaries. This is the first episode. Long first time, long time. Doesn't make sense. The Pac-12 has been dying for years. Kind of, you know, they, they had a few good runs. The Pac-12 network, and, and I got to do some research on the fly here this is what happens when you're your your producer your host and your researcher but uh, when did the pac-12 network become established 2011 since 2011 this has been the writing on the wall you knew this was coming should have been abandoned right away but but it wasn't it never is People believe that they're smarter than what the, the evidence is given to them. But the Pac-12 in 2011 decided to go on their own paywall, behind their own paywall, on their own platform, with their own teams and the Pac-12 network, not available in almost any cable package. You had to buy like 18 different weird channels just to be able to have access to possibly getting the Pac-12 network, but it was also still an extension. I'm not going to blame them for the fact that DirecTV and all the other cable companies made it difficult, but why are you trying to establish your own network? Uh, it was – your product was mediocre at best. You had two teams that were on a recurring cycle of competing. Oregon, uh, you had USC for a while. UCLA, it's been a while. But you had Oregon, you had Stanford, you had USC, you had the schools that were going to carry your, quote, tradition in the conference that were competing for national titles. You also had teams like 
Arizona, Colorado, UCLA for a while, Washington State, the teams that were not gaining anything being a part of the Pac-12 and were just horrendous, not qualifying for bowl games, not winning the, the neutral site games, not being relevant enough to put on television at a reasonable time. We all know that the media is centered on the coast. We all know that in college football, everything revolves around the East, East Coast. So why, if you want people who matter to watch your games, not saying that the fans don't matter, but let's let's call a spade a spade. If you want the people who are in power in college football to watch your games, you cannot be putting them on at midnight, start time, Eastern Coast. That's not going to happen. Christian McCaffrey had arguably the best season since Barry Sanders, and he broke Barry Sanders' yardage record that year. He had the best season since Barry Sanders and was not voted the Heisman Trophy winner because nobody would stay up to watch Stanford Cardinal games. Kicks off the Rose Bowl that year with a kick return for a touchdown. It's not a lack of talent. It's not a lack of, you know, the teams that were good were good. Washington, uh, that year they beat CU in the Pac-12 championship, go on to play in, in the final. If they don't draw Alabama that first round, who knows what happens. But it's just not consistent. And you're not getting guys that want to go to those schools anymore. USC, they had to leave the Pac-12 to get into a conference where they're going to be able to have a somewhat of a pull in different areas. Because right now, if you're not a local California boy, why would I go to USC and struggle or get to a spot where I'm not given the respect I deserve because I'm not playing against the best teams and the best time slots on the best networks. I, I don't think I've watched a USC game, a regular season USC game, a regular season Pac-12 game on my own without having just to put it on late at night trying to fall asleep or just randomly stumbling across, you know, the 1030 game. But the Pac-12 has not been relevant, especially in football since 2011. And they tried. They did not try. They waited for everybody else to steal all of the rest of the media rights. The Big Ten, the Big 12 have owned now own the ESPN and um, Fox Sports Networks. SEC is on CBS. They're going to be on Paramount now. They're on a streaming platform behind a paywall, but everybody knows how SEC fans are. If they have to buy 18 different apps to try and watch a game, they're going to. You put your product on Apple TV. I, I looked it up. It's available. The average availability for Apple TV, Apple Plus TV, is about 2.5 million homes, which when you think about it, oh, 2.5 million people. I can draw 2.5 million people into my game. Yeah, sure. Your TV is not default onto that app. If I'm on, if I want to watch college football on Saturday, I'm not going to turn on Apple TV. I'm going to turn on ESPN, ESPN2, all the different channels where I'm going to find different games out of my market that I'm going to be able to watch. It's nationally distributed. Yours is not nationally distributed. There's 26 million households that have ESPN available to them. That's just ESPN. That's not even Fox Sports. A lot of packages come with ESPN and Fox Sports. I can turn on eight different games before having to go search a an app I currently don't have myself in order to find what what you're talking about. It seems like I might've been wasting time on this. I I swear to you, I'm not, I had to deal with it all weekend. I deal with it. You know, I love being on variety sports, but apparently we have some snowflakes out here that uh, are just want to whine and complain and moan. Oh, college football, the tradition, the tradition. College football is an evolving animal and it always has been, and it always will continue to be. 
NIL was not thought of as a possibility. It was never going to happen. That was the consensus. That was what everyone had decided. Things change. You got to adapt with the times. You now have the ability in college football, since it's the only sport where you actually have to go and at least fake three years of school and be there and build yourself into the athlete that you want to be to compete at the next level. You're not getting the one and dones right now with the NIL. You're not getting a lot of kids that are going to the, going to the league. They want to stick around. College football is being played at a level that we have not seen ever. And how do you take advantage of that? You take advantage of that by expansion. You take advantage of that by realigning yourselves to play the best of the best. No more do you have to deal with terrible teams in your conference. You don't have to deal with the CUs. You don't have to deal with the U of A's. I can get into a conference with the five best teams in the country. One through five. They're all right there. I'm going to play them every single year on my schedule. I'm going to be making more money because I'm in front of more people. People can stumble across my game. Like, it makes sense. I don't know about you all. It makes sense. A lot of sense to me. Uh, but uh, if you listen to Boneyard, at Boneyard Podcast, at Fat Boy Fadeaway, at Ho Agendas, at CFB underscore Sat Showdown, at WSP underscore Weekly, all of those other snowflakes on this network, that's what you're going to get. And that's fine. I, ch- I choose to live in reality. I don't sugarcoat things for my students. I want to be, I want to face things head on. I don't need to bury my, my head in the sand. All I know is we're about to move to a, a 18 playoff and then to a 12 team playoff with possible home games, away games for teams like Alabama who might not win the SEC one season. They might have to go up to Cincinnati and play a winter game up there in December. Great. I want to see it. Regular season still going to matter. Get to that tournament. D2 football, D2 playoff football is fun to watch. D1 AA playoff football is fun to watch. You can't tell me D1 playoff football wouldn't be fun to watch. Who really cares about the bowl games? I know we do a bowl prediction show on far end of the bench, but who really cares about the bowl games? Think about that. We're right. I know that we're right. It might take a, a second to get everybody else on board. It might take a second to weed out all of the snowflakes, melt all the snow off the ground. We know it can stick around for a while, but I promise you those podcasts that I mentioned, you should listen, take in their terrible advice, come back to this show when you're ready to actually have a grown up conversation about where college football and where football in general is moving. It's going to bring us up to our last segment here. I said that this is going to be a lot of teacher and classroom talk. We kind of started with it. We're going to end with it as well. Before I get into it, this is presented by our network, Variety Sports Network. Follow them at Variety underscore sports underscore. Be sure to subscribe to their YouTube channel as well. Um, Anyway, if you subscribe to the channel feeds, you get all of the different shows that are available under the VSN banner. So it's a pretty cool, pretty cool deal, pretty cool setup once you get it all, all taken care of. But let's talk about classroom teaching from year one to year two this is more of a reflection for me i've been going back last week and and kind of figuring out i feel i feel really good going into tuesday i feel really prepared i have my intro packets all printed out i have you know eight and seven page packets that they're gonna it lays everything out that i think we could have an issue with possibly um or maybe not i don't know I'm probably doing too much. I'm probably putting a little bit too much information out there, but I feel good about it. <clears throat> thinking thinking back to 
where I was a year ago. I had just finished working at my old company. My licensure class had a week's worth where we went down to the campus of Metro um, in downtown Denver and basically just got like a fly by the seat of your pants. We were there for six hours a day for that first week and class management, make sure the students don't run you over, make sure you have some sort of a plan. Don't punish, don't be a jerk, be yourself, but figure out how you're going to become a teacher and be as a teacher. Um, I was swimming. I will be a hundred percent honest. Plus all the new district stuff I had to fill out being this class, not this class. Who do I have? How do I figure out my grade book? It was a lot. This year, I knew what my baseline was. I, I considered last year kind of like my teaching baseline because um, there's no better baseline to have. No training prior, no student teaching, nothing. Drop you into a classroom. You have 148 kids that are on your roster. You're going to see them all today, and you're going to have to figure out how to both play your part because they have to somewhat respect you, respect that you are the person of authority and will be the person of authority for your class moving forward, but also – how am I going to get my point across that I am, I'm here for them. I want them to do great things. I want all of them to be successful and learn how to be successful in my class. Um, so this year I, I made sure we didn't have to be back until last Wednesday. I was back last Monday getting all my tables set up, um, really taking to heart a lot of the different teaching and, and different research that I've seen just, um, the fluorescent lighting, it makes sense because you have so much ground to cover in schools, but it doesn't help. I, I've kind of made my environment of the classroom a little bit differently than I had it last year, and I think it's going to work out incredibly. Um, I started, I'm starting a new policy where they're starting the day off. I've already written all of their names on it, but they get a punch card, kind of like you'd get at Starbucks or Great Clips or any of those where you go, you buy one, you get a punch. If you get to a certain number of punches, you get some kind of reward. Uh, they're going to have, they have class stars. I have a class star, little chalkboard, um, but they get cards that have 10 punches to earn a class star. Now we're setting the expectations the first day of class, what is expected, what you need to do every day, just the basic bare minimum of the behavior that I'm expecting. Be nice, clean up after yourself. Don't be rude um, to yourself, to myself, to the other students and just be a, a general good human being in the classroom. If you go above and beyond, you can earn a class star punch. If you earn 10 punches, not only does that punch card then, if you attach it to an assignment that is coming up, you can get a free assignment. You will get 100%. You don't have to turn that one in as long as it's attached. And I see that you have your 10 punches. You will then also get a picture with your name, a Polaroid with your name on the class star board and I'm going to display those around the whiteboard and try and display them around the room. Um, similar, like the employee of the month type deal, but making it a little bit more equitable because more than one person can earn the class star on, on a given day. It's not like a competition where one person earns it and they get privileges for a certain period of time. No, the privileges you get a free assignment and you get a picture taken of yourself with the class star board. That's going to be displayed for everybody else. But once you get a class star taken, you get a new punch card and it's time to continue on. See how many pictures you can get. You know, if it were me, I would have taken these and kind of like made a scrapbook. Uh, I'm going to give, they're going to be in my classroom the entire year. 
Nobody can take pictures of their picture on their phone. I don't want that kind of going around, you know, CYA as a teacher, you know what it means, but it's a good thing to do. I put it in my contracts. They're going to be signing it. You, if you don't want your picture of a student, don't want a picture of your student taken the Polaroid, that's fine. I won't do that if that's not a part of your wishes. Um, and if you are worried that it's going to be spread somewhere that it shouldn't be, these are only going to be in my classroom. There will not be any digital copies made. And all of the pictures that don't get taken home at the end of the year, because if you want your class star pictures, I'll give them to you at the end of the year. I'm going to take them and I'm going to be putting them in, in like a scrapbook for myself. But I'm not sharing this with anybody. This is a more of a document documentation system for me because I'm not good at that. I'm not good at stopping and smelling the roses and taking in, you know, the things that I really enjoyed. So this is a way for me to have this ability at the end of the year. If they don't want their picture, then I get to keep it and, and, you know, get to remember that moment, what that student did, how that student helped out somebody else with an assignment that they were struggling to figure out. They stayed extra to help me pick up stuff off the, off the ground um, because the students had to leave in a hurry and we worked right up to the bell. Those extra things hopefully will become habits for them because they want to get their punches. And that's, you know, it's incentive based for a while, but then it just becomes habit. But it also, I want them to be in a community where they care about each other because we had a lot of issues last year with our students, like just being rude, saying stuff. They knew what it meant, but I guess not necessarily understanding the impact of like a, a negative or an inappropriate or a racist comment may have um i feel like it was just a lack of community that the kids were feeling so this is a way to hopefully foster the idea that if i'm a good person and i get rewarded for it and everybody becomes a good person then it's going to be a lot more fun being here for the 179 days that we have to be in class whether i care about social studies or the civilization or the continent or the geography that we're learning for the day i know that i want to be here because mr Pilato creates an environment that i can be myself that i can be with my fellow peers and have a exciting and interesting journey through the content that we're learning. Um, so <laughs> hopefully, I guess I'll have to report back to you guys next week, but at the end of the first day last year, and now looking back on it, I realized I was blacked out the entire day. I was teaching and I, I feel like it was successful. I at least kind of was able to get through what I needed to, but I had no memory of what was happening throughout the day. When I looked up and the last bell rang, my seventh hour was leaving. I was like, oh, my God, what just happened? It, it, just getting caught, you know, at the wave pool where you're standing with your back towards the water. You don't know that it's coming and it just washes all over you and you're swept off your feet. You kind of just got to go with what was happening. Uh, that was where I ended the first day of school last year. Now, by the time I got to fall break, which was right around, you know, my birthday at the time, to Thanksgiving, to Christmas break, it just was a progression of, okay, I can do this now. I can do the bare minimum and, and basically be at survival mode. Let's see what I can do to take it from survival mode to actually doing something cool. And the more that I was able to do that, just the more my confidence built. And by the end of the school year, we did, we were doing great, great things in the classroom. And they understood how to connect things that we did at the beginning of the year to what we were doing at the current moment. It was just a really awesome process to see in, in the way that they were able to just expand and grow. So I'm hoping to start off in a little bit better situation, not 
expecting it to go perfectly 100% the way that I planned it, because if, if that's what you're expecting, then you're going to be disappointed. But what I can tell you is that I'm going to do everything that I can so that that is how, you know, things start off. And good luck to everybody. If you're going back to the classroom, if you've already been back to the classroom, or if you have a few more weeks of freedom, uh, handle that first week of school. Understand that you're going to be overwhelmed and you're going to be stressed, but don't let it get to you. And remember that you're doing this for a purpose, whatever that purpose is for you. Everybody that is in education, everybody that is doing anything should have a why as to the reason that they're getting something accomplished. Um, I think that's going to be where we wrap up this first episode. You guys, if you missed any part of the live show, it'll be posted on all of our podcast feeds. You'll be able to watch the video on YouTube and Spotify, and then you'll be able to listen um, on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, all of those other places where podcasts are available. Be sure to follow at FEOTV Pod. That's where all of the updates for the show are going to be. Basically, this is a sister show under the far end of the bench at Variety Sports Banner. So be sure to follow at FEOTV Pod at Variety underscore sports underscore. Leave a like on the video, comment, rating, review, unsubscribe, resubscribe, tell a friend about us. Uh, be sure, have a good rest of your week. And when we come back, hopefully we have some good stories to tell from that first interaction with our students of the year but for myself jimmy Pilato, thank you guys for listening to sunday scaries i will see you on thursday for the next far end of the bench